Hi, I'm Lily Vakili with Vakili Band, and you are watching Life Minute TV. Facial recognition technology doesn't know me at all. Singer-songwriter Lily Vakili and her Vakili Band is a force to be reckoned with. This powerhouse is unafraid to express herself in her music, and that's exactly what she does in her new album, Walking Sideways. I'm walking sideways through the door. This New Jersey-based band stopped by the Life Minute Studios recently to give us a live taste of the new album and talk about what's next for the group. Ah, oh, we are, you know, just trying to play out as much as we can. You know, one of the things we do, we're always making music, but we do have this album, Walking Sideways, that came out, and we love it, and we want people to hear it. And the way you do that is get out on the road, and that's the joy of it. So, yeah, so getting out there, playing the album, working on new material, it's a little bit of a somber it, you know, I mean, it's a rock song, and it, I wanted to capture the spirit of a woman who having a hard time in a relationship. And um, you know, I've I've been around enough to know what that means. I've seen friends go through some tough experiences, and I know how heartbreaking it is, and how much power it takes to walk away. And you kind of feel like you're walking sideways. You know, you have to do it but it doesn't mean it feels good. People have come up to me, women <laughs> primarily, in shows and they're like, I, I, know what, I know what that song's about. I don't have to say anything. And I'm like, okay, well then, thank you, because that was a conversation. <laughs> so, every song um, is, a, is a story in my mind and a lot of them start out as poems. Um, and um, I've been writing poems since I was probably about five, since probably I could write. And you know, my first poems were love poems to my mother. And um, you know, at some point in my life, I realized I'm writing little stories and I love music. And I want to connect with people that way. And then as the band became cohesive and we started developing a sound. I mean, that's just magic, right? When you, when it's not just, oh, I have a few session players who are maybe amazing, but you just haven't been playing together. You develop a whole other language once it's a band. Gordon comes up with a particular solo that just expresses, like on Freeman, right? It's like he is activating part of that story, which is the story of a person who was imprisoned at a work camp. And why the hell am I writing about that? <laughs> you know, because I went to, you know, visit my dad. He lives in northern Florida and he lives in a rural uh, area. It's a very beautiful rural area in northern Florida. Um, but one of the ways you get there is driving through um, a national park. And um, on the way there, it's a very isolated road, very long, isolated, dark road. But on either side, you, you, go, you, you go drive past a few um, work camps as they're euphemistically called. And I remember driving by, I did many times, I have many times, and I saw some people in a field and I thought, what must that person think when they look at the, that rural highway and they see someone driving by? What are they thinking? What, that must seem like 
all the freedom in the world. And I'm like, what if you could just walk away? What would you do? And that's, that was the gist of that song. And um, in a way to kind of also speak to a particular place, a particular reality. And when Gordon played that drum solo, um, you know, he just got it. And like, that's like the sound of that man running. So how did they come together? Vakili tells us it was all by chance and a nudge from a good friend. You know, it feels very random in some ways, but I can tell you how uh, Ben and I met. Ben and I met because a very dear friend of mine who I knew because I'm part of this mother's group um, of mothers who have children with uh, disabilities. And, um, and we just get each other, we support each other. They've, They've had my back through, you know, thick and thin. And um, this dear friend, Alma, uh, giving a shout out to her, uh, she encouraged me to get back to playing music, actually, years ago. And so much so that she was putting on some kind of fundraiser for um, this group, Parents Who Rock, and she was like, oh, come on, just do it. She really had to twist my arm. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I don't want to play alone. And she was like, you know, um, I, I know a guitarist. Yeah, this guy, uh, Ben St. Jack. And I was like, oh. She's like, yeah, yeah, I'll connect you guys, you know. Why don't you uh, get together and just see, you know, see what happens. It's been now like 10 years that we're working and playing and making, you know, creative work together, you know, and hauling gear and, you know, breaking down and, you know, uh, you know fill in the blanks getting lost in the car, but we're making a creative life and a choice to make music together, and that's what, you know, the whole band brings to it. Joel Darrow, he's a neighbor who lives down the street. I had no idea that he played harmonica and that he wanted to be in a rock band. I was like, I mean, of course the harmonica is in many rock bands, but I was not immediately thinking like, oh yeah, harmonica, that's, that's what we need. But, um, he, he, you know, plays on Sharp Devil, and you hear, he's, he is the personality, he's the Sharp Devil in that song, with that harmonica, and, um, and lucky for us, he also plays cowbell. But the front woman didn't always know she wanted to sing. Being the fifth child out of a family of six, she thought that was a gift only her sisters had. I, I did not know. I knew I loved music. My, I, I was actually, I've heard that this is pretty typical in large families, right? So my eldest sister played guitar, acoustic guitar, and she sang, had a lovely voice. And actually my, my second eldest sister also sang. And so, you know, I just didn't think that I could do that. I don't know why. I thought they did it, and so I couldn't do it. In fact, I didn't pick up the guitar until my eldest sister left for college, and um, I must have been around 14 or something, and that's when I started playing, because she left her guitar. So I knew, I mean, of course I loved music, I loved a creative life. I didn't know how to put a name to it. I remember an elementary school teacher who, you know, I'm sure was thought she was doing the right thing, but she was always telling me that I was, you know, and this was a negative, that I was daydreaming, and that I had to pay attention. And I, I remember thinking, I am paying attention. I'm, I'm really paying attention. It was hard to feel like 
in a school environment that that wasn't, at least there at that time, um, that somehow I was doing something wrong and that I had to kind of hide it, you know? Uh, luckily, my, my parents were very supportive of, you know, pursuing expression, right? You know, my mother was always like, you know, I remember asking her at one point, you know, I really wanted to check this box. You know, what makes you the most proud of your, your children? Because there's six kids, and I'm thinking, because oh, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm the fifth of six, right? And she said, if I've raised compassionate human beings, then that is what makes me the most proud. When it comes to musical influences, Vakili says she draws from a wide range of genres. Well, I'm, you know, I'm a huge fan of, okay, there, there's a similarity. If I, if I say Iggy Pop and Prince, it's this passion, this, this physical expression of song and words and music. And so um, I could throw, you know, Annie Lennox in there too. I listened to so much music in part because older brothers and sisters, <laughs> we're older brothers and sisters. And so whatever they were listening to, I listened to. You know, so that could have been, you know, Joan Baez, it could have been Bob Dylan, it could have been the Beatles, it could have been, um, you know, salsa merengue, uh, Peruvian Highland music, uh, Persian sitar, you know, it was very eclectic. Sly and the Family Stone, I was wildly enamored. I remember listening to that over and over and over again. Stan and Marvin Gaye. You know, um, Chaka Khan. <laughs> you could just these amazing performers, and what what the connection that I was always so impressed with um, as a child, and or you know, Bernie Taupin's lyrics, right? The, that storytelling, so compelling. Rage Against the Machine, right? Uh, the intense passion and social justice commentary um, embedded deeply in this this very ancient ritual of making sound and rhythm and connecting. So wherever, wherever I feel that connection, whatever, it doesn't matter whether it's, whether it's rap, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, bebop, whether it's blues, whether it's classic straight up rock, whether it's a piece of classical music by Arvo Part, you know, who writes these just exquisite, compositions, um, whatever, wherever it comes from, I'm open to it and it informs what I do. My son listens to a lot of popular music and so, you know, kind of through him, I got, you know, introduced to Dua Lupa and to Billie Eilish and to, you know, her styles. I think collaboration is a tricky thing. And in some ways I'm not sure, oddly enough, I'm I mean, I'm collaborating with my band. And, and I would, of course, I would love to collaborate with so many different people. You know, I have a renewed respect for, not renewed, but I mean, she's an amazing performer and someone very accomplished in her own right. Her music, I wasn't necessarily like, oh yeah, sign me up for Taylor Swift. But guess what? The woman gets it done. And I'm kind of impressed with that, you know? <laughs> you know, Brandy Carlisle, of course, I would kind of, you know, melt. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty amazing. I remembered Andre 3000. 
<laughs> and I'd be like, oh, sign me up right away. Because that artist seemed so ready for fun, um, social commentary, kind of, I love the high, the low, and creating just seriously kick-ass music at the same time. So what can fans expect to see at a live at Keeley Band show? They can expect to see a really uh, kick-ass band that loves playing together and loves playing well <laughs> together. In other words, you know, you kind of, when things are working, you can just feel it. You just go on this ride and the audience comes with you. So a lot of the venues, you know, of course, like a lot of bands, right? We play you know, small venues, little dive bars here and there. And honestly, I love these places because people are right there, right there. And there is no, I mean, you know, you see right away, like, am, are we, are you getting it? Are we connecting? So we play, you know, we play either a 45 minute set or, you know, like two sets. We love, we've played three hours once, which was like, all right, that was a long, I think we've really hit every possible song we've ever come up with, even the ones that we're not so sure about. We'll take you on a ride. That's what I like to do. And that's one of the things I love about this band. Hopefully it takes them on some kind of, sometimes a contemplative journey. I hope it takes them on like, you know, the sense of passion. I hope they want to move. We are connected. But being a rock goddess isn't her only job. Somewhere along the way, I became a lawyer. And um, the work I do now is I work with this uh, law firm that focuses on representing biotech companies. And so it's kind of the science is super interesting. Um, and what we do is we kind of, you know, help with the documentation. In the process, I get to talk to scientists. I get to talk to just amazing innovators who, I mean, things like, you know, the Moderna vaccine, right? I mean, not, that's not one that I was <laughs> but I'm saying, it's giving that as an example. That starts somewhere and some scientist thinks of something, collaborates with somebody else, and these things end up saving lives or, you know, just radically improving lives. You know, I've always taken the example of my dad who is also an artist, he's a sculptor, um, but he, he also was a scientist, he was a geneticist. And he always said, you know, there's, you don't have to bifurcate. What you learn in one, you apply to the other. You go, you cross the boundary, it's okay, it's permeable. We don't have to fit one slot. Now, I'm a mother as well. You know, I'm a caregiver. Um, you know, I'm raising a child with a son, an adult son at this point, with significant disability. I also feel compelled to express myself through music and writing, you know, and I need to support myself and my family, you know. So, and you know, I've got to say, most of the people I know have lives like that. My two daughters, um, who are quote unquote neurotypical, a lot of the music started to take off as, as they were, you know, entering high school and going off to college, right? And I had heard other people talk about this, right? That at some point, as you're raising children, you know, you're so consumed when, when they're young. And as it should be, right? 
and then you actually get a little brain space back. If I'm being really honest, and I want to be um, in this conversation, you know, I think from the time that my husband and I learned about my son's situation, who's my eldest child, I felt like there was like 10 years of shock when all, not all, but a lot of what we were doing was managing and grieving and finding a way to live a life um, that we had not anticipated. No, well, you know, of course, so many people. This, this is the reality of, of all of us in a lot of ways, right? You think you're on one path and uh, life has something else in store for you and um, you go on that journey. Um, I went on that journey um, at a certain point my beloved mother developed Alzheimer's and so this person who I had really relied on uh, my bulwark the person who I truly um, could lean on and uh, wasn't able to be there in that way and you know it's really it's really isolating you feel very very alone even when you have good friends and um, and you think, what's my life going to be? How can I do this? How can I do this and be, you know? Uh, and I, I did talk to her about it, though. <laughs> because I would keep talking to her, you know, even though at times it seemed like she couldn't quite, she couldn't quite um, be present. And um, on, on one occasion when I was talking to her, and I was really quite low, and um, I told her, I just, um, I didn't know how I could go on. I'm getting emotional thinking about it. And I said, I think I, you know, I really need to lead a creative life. I, I need to have a creative outlet in my life and um, in order to balance um, some of this sadness. And uh, <laughs> she, she actually turned and looked at me and I could see, oh, she, she's there. And she looked at me with her kind of very cool, you know, analytical expression in her eyes. And she said, well, what are you waiting for? No one else will do it for you. And it was such a zap on the head. <laughs> it, it kind of shocked me out of um, maybe a little bit of self-pity that I was going through. And... Uh, I, I just felt like I had been given, I had been given permission by my mother to go forward. And it made, it made that juggling and, and everything that has come since, um, it made it make sense. It really did. And my, and my family, my husband, my children have been incredibly supportive. They're very tolerant. <laughs> And how does she fill her time when not making music? You know, spending time with friends and making time. I tend to get real like, you know, I'm like, I gotta get, the, you know, I need to make, I'm working on this album, this is what I'm doing, and the band knows I get really one track mind. And, um, because it also brings me such intense sense of being present and a sense of um, engagement just it's so satisfying but what do I do for fun I I do 
increasingly try to make sure that I make time for my children, listen to them, and learn from them, and be present for my family, my, my siblings, my father who's still alive at 95. I mean, you know, just eating is a year-round activity. We do talk a lot about like, so, you know, we, we've got this whole thing about Rut's Hut. It's a fried hot dog place and it's in New Jersey and it's pretty magnificent. Uh, we went, you know, we played the fire in Philly and the focus was finding a chili, a Philly cheesesteak and then, you know, rating it, assessing whether we'd done the right thing. It was, so, I think as a band, we like food. We also like seltzer. So we are um, building a tour in the fall and um, super, super, super excited about this. I mean, this to me is, all right, guys, are we ready? Because here we go. We're, it's gonna be the real, real now. Uh, and we shall see how that goes. Uh, you know, we're hoping to hit North Carolina, Asheville, um, Charlotte, uh, and then come up Baltimore, Alexandria, DC area, um, and then come up the shore perhaps. And one of the places along there. Um, we're looking at Detroit and Cleveland, Ohio, and Pittsburgh, and I, you know, so we'll see. But fall, so be looking for it. And um, we're working on a new album. I would say one of the things that's interesting about it, you know, Rachel was one of the last songs that we recorded on Walking Sideways. And what I will say is that the new album is going to have a few more names in it. Like we were on this name roll. Like what's with the, you know, I can't say, I can't say what songs they are. But I'm just gonna say, there are at least, you know, three. And it's because, I don't know, I don't know why, but that's this direction we started going in. And we're finding that we're enjoying extending songs more and really kind of paying attention to the audience, say, well, hey, why don't we break that down? Why don't we extend that drum solo? You know, why don't Ben and Joel trade off solos between the harp and the, you know, why is, how about this song is really being led by an intense bass line. And since this is Life Minute, we had to know what's her biggest life lesson. You are more capable than you think. And you have more to offer than you might imagine. And there is someone who needs what you have to offer.
To see more of this interview, visit our website, lifeminute.tv. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Life Minute TV.